Welcome to the official podcast of Rock Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. This week, Pastor Dave Lance talks about the simple life, how you and I can be involved in what God is doing in the world by loving and serving each other. Join us next week as we begin our new series, Enough, and explore how we can begin to live a life of generosity. Please check out rockhills.com for more info and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.31 a.m. So today we're, we're celebrating. We're going to be talking about serving. We're going to be sharing some stories about what's happened in the Rock Hills community and what's happened really across the world as people take simple steps of faith and serve others. Now, um, it's really the simple life that we're going after as we look at what it means to follow Christ and how we can serve on a daily basis. Anybody remember the show Simple Life from about 10 years ago? I mean, with Paris Hilton and uh, with Nicole Rich, and it was a ridiculous show. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember any of the top, but just ridiculous ideas. That's not the simple life. And we'll be talking about what it means to live simply, to walk with God on a daily basis, and to be a part of what he wants us to do in the world as we love others and help our neighbors. Well, sometimes when we're thinking about who can I help or what kind of opportunities are around me, um, when we're thinking that way, God provides something that we can respond to. And we have to take that step where we move past our comfort zone and we kind of go through the uncertainty of, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm sure I'm doing, but I'm going to help this person or I'm going to help this organization. And then all of a sudden, a whole new world breaks open for us when we serve. So I want to tell you about Katie Davis. Um, This is a gal. uh, A few years ago, in 2006, she was 18 years old. She's from Franklin, Tennessee. And she just finished high school. She went to Uganda for a a summer trip. And so when she came back, she was captivated by the people and the village, the, the country. And so she changed her plans. And the next year, in 2007, she moved to Uganda. And she started teaching kindergarten in a small village. Well, as she started um, hanging out and loving these kids and teaching these kids, she noticed something in that village. She would walk the kids home after school. These beautiful kindergartens. There she is with um, this little more to the story that we'll get to in a moment, surrounded by all these beautiful girls. Um, she noticed as she was taking these kindergartners home that there were lots of school-age kids that were out playing, that were washing dishes, that were out digging the fields. And she's, she's like, why is that? Are there all these kids that should be in school and yet they're out? And so she started asking questions. And she found out that uh, a lot of people and families could not afford to pay the school fee. And so their kids couldn't go to school. And so she started talking with some friends and she started you know, raising some awareness and some support. And her goal was to raise some money so that a few more kids could go to school. And so she figured out for $300 a year, a child could not only go to school, but they would get three hot meals of food a day, and they would get medical care and have an opportunity for some spiritual encouragement and training. And so she you know, sold this idea to her friends, and in the first year, 150 kids were able to go to school who didn't go to school, just because Katie noticed Something And so um, as that grew five years later, this was back in 2006, five years later, there were over 700 kids that weren't going to school that were able to go to school 
because she saw a need and they were able to fill that need. Now, that just kind of snowballed as she spent time with the women and people of the village. Um, she saw opportunities for these women to learn how to better care for their kids. Um, I mean, there's a huge problem with malnutrition there and all that type of stuff. And so she was able to bring people and information that began to change how they did life in the village. In fact, you've heard of micro-businesses in Africa. Um, She and some friends built some partnerships where the women of the village um, could begin earning money, not only to put their own kids in school to pay those fees, but also they had some extra to put food on the table, to share what they had with others. And so Katie's small step of faith led to these massive changes. Ultimately, here she is. She's adopted, or she's fostering um, 13 daughters now, little girl, you know, these girls that she's in the process of adopting. She's, I don't know, 20-some years old, and she's got 13 kids. And you say, <clears throat> okay, Dave, um, what am I supposed to do? I can't do that. I cannot compete with that. And you can't, I can't. I mean, it's just an amazing story. But Katie's life should be inspiring to us because you never know what a little step, a simple step of service will open up. And so God calls each of us, he doesn't call us to move to a different country, to move halfway across the world, to change our life completely. What he calls us to do is to be open to how we can serve on a daily basis, to to look around us and to know that each day you and I have the opportunity, the calling to make a difference in the people around us. So how do we do that? Well, Jesus, as he talks about the importance of faith and the simple life, these simple steps that we take, um, he talks about uh, this idea of discipleship. And he said, if you're gonna follow me, you have to follow in my steps. And Jesus proved over and over again that he was a servant, that he was there to love people. And uh, obviously he brought salvation into the world. He laid down his life so that we could have a relationship with God. But he said, I want you to put others first. And he said something in John 15, as he's talking about what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower. He said, people know you or know that you're my disciples by your love. He said, they will know that you're my followers as you serve. And he said, as you serve, as you love people, you will bear much fruit, meaning we'll make a difference. And when Jesus said that, he wasn't saying this is optional, it's a bonus, it's an elective, it's something that you can add on. He was saying, no, this is what it looks like to follow me. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in the world. And for you and for me, that means that we each can play a role. We can respond today. We can respond this week. So Jesus, um, he taught in lots of different ways to get his point across. And so one of the parables that we're going to take a look at, and he taught in parables, which were uh, rich stories that he told. They were teaching eternal truths that he broke down in very practical ways in simple ways, so that people could get a picture and then respond to it. And here's one of the parables that he taught in Matthew 25. It's a a powerful kind of in-your-face story or parable. So let's listen to it together. Here's what he said. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, 
and he will separate the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see uh, you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king, then the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, he'll say, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal, the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes um, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not uh, look, look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? And he will say, I tell you the truth, whatever you didn't do for one of the the least of these brothers and sisters, you did not do for me. And then they'll go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So we read that and these are heavy words. And Jesus is telling this parable because he wants to get people's attention. And in the context of these parables, there were a few before it, he's, he's talking really about the end of time, and he's creating a picture for people. And he's, he's talking about um, essentially being ready, because one day God's going to return. One day God is going to bring all things together. He's going to you know, take care of sin and all the brokenness in our world. And you know, basically, we're not going to have an opportunity to serve or to be a part of what he's doing anymore. In this life. And so he's saying, be ready. Keep watch. I want you to make the most of today. And so it's easy for us to look at the, the dark side of this for all the self focused people who weren't concerned about others and miss the fact of what Jesus is saying to those who are faithful. And that's what we celebrate today. We have many, many faithful people in this room, many stories to share of how we've been able to be a part of what God's doing. And Jesus here celebrates that. He says, look at what you've been a part of. Look at what you've done. Celebrate it. You've made an eternal difference in somebody's life. I'm so glad that I can bring you in, that I can call you in. So think of it that way. There's much for us to celebrate today. Now, as we think about this this story that Jesus tells, um, obviously the call is to a simple life. It's that each of us have an opportunity to serve today and this week to make the most of the time that we have. But theologically, we've got to look at the foundation here so that we don't look at these parables and say, well, I'm going to be judged by God simply based on what I do, how I served, how well I did these things. Because theologically, the backdrop is that God calls us by his grace to follow. 
And we don't earn that. I mean, it doesn't matter how much good we do in our life. If we try to do it just to earn a good position before God, we're missing it because Jesus said, I'm the one who earns your place with God. I'm the one who leads the way. As you trust me, then I'm calling you, I'm inviting you to live in my grace and to share it. What's grace by definition? It's a gift. And Jesus gives you and I, uh, or you and me, he gives us what we can't do for ourselves. So Jesus invites us in through grace and he calls us to be a part of what he's doing. And that's the theological foundation or backdrop as we think about this text and what it means for us to serve, to live the simple life. We can't earn God's grace, but we can do what? We can show it. We can demonstrate it. And that's what God wants us to be a part of as we serve and we love others. All right. So this means that we are called to a life that benefits others, not to one of self-focus. All right. And this is, uh, I mean, it's kind of an obvious statement as we think about faith, but we all struggle. We got so much stuff going on in our lives, so many different things to take care of. It's easy just to pay attention to ourselves, isn't it? And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to fall into that. I want you to be focused on this life that I'm calling you to be a part of, a simple life, not one of self-focus. And obviously the people in the parable that were um, gonna spend uh, eternity without God, they were completely self-consumed. They weren't paying attention to other people around them. And they missed the opportunity not only to receive grace, but they missed the opportunity to share grace with others. All right, here's the amazing thing about God's grace. It's not something that we, you know, if we, if we say, all right, Jesus, yes, I, I trust you for eternity. I trust you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the dead to defeat the power of sin and death. And I, I, trust, I trust that. I receive that. It's not a one-time thing. I mean, daily, you and I, we're, we're called to live in that grace where we remember God's given me an incredible gift. And when we think about that, it's a gift we don't deserve. When we think about that, we get moved to share it. You see, that's the incredible thing about grace is it's gotta be shared. It's not just something that we take for ourselves. It's not something that we hide away. It's something that we have to, to share. We look, you know, we, we, we long for opportunities to share his grace with others. All right. So at Rock Hills, um, from the very beginning when we started, serving, showing that grace has been a key, um, you know, value within this community. It's been something important to us. It's been a priority. And that's why we've served in lots of different ways. And many of you have been, you've been part of uh, these you know, organizations that we've served, these places that we've gone. And I just want to share a few of those as we look back over time. I mean, as we started out, uh, even before we started meeting on a weekly basis, we would go out to storefronts and restaurants and ask them if we could go clean their bathrooms. And I mean, we just got some of the weirdest expressions when we did that. But simple ways to serve. And we started working with the food bank years ago. And we, we still do that where we collect food for kids who typically, uh, you know, when they go home, there's not much food 
in the pantry or in the closet. And so we've been a part of the food bank and getting food for kids for years. And we work downtown with an organization called Agora on the west side of San Antonio. And leadership's changed there, so it's been a while that, since we've been serving with them. But we've gone down into that part of the city, and we've brought clothes, and we've brought uh, you know, food packs, and we've done all kinds of stuff in that area. We've worked with the schools there to serve kids. We've done big Easter celebrations and uh, giveaways just to show God's love. We've worked with the school system. We, you know, Hebner hosts us here, and uh, Principal Terry Newman has been a, a fantastic friend to us. But it also gives us the opportunity to serve here. We've done stuff on this campus, and we've done stuff with the kids. We've worked with sister schools to Hebner. We've worked with Churchill High School in the past, and we've been able to serve kids and families there. Just last year, um, through uh, one of the sister schools, we were able to do a Thanksgiving meal for, I don't know how many families we fed through that. But you got to be a part, you got to be a part of that as we helped some specific people and met some needs here in this community. We've worked with St. Jude's, which is, um, it's a, a group home for foster kids. We've done all kinds of different stuff with St. Jude's, going out onto their campus, which is just north of here, and making it a more beautiful place, spending time with those kids and interacting with them. And one of the favorite things uh, that, that of mine that we've gotten to do is create Christmas for them. I mean, it's, it's a pretty you know, stark, bland campus, and we could go in at Christmas time and put up lights and decorations and bring out hot cocoa and you know, cider and cookies and all that kind of stuff and just enjoy some time with the kids as we get to bring God's love to that place. We worked with a place called Mission Road downtown, uh, just south of uh, San Antonio, which is a group home for kids who have uh, a number of uh, you know, intellectual disorders. And we've done cookouts there and we've worked on you know, the playground type area down there. We've done all kinds of things where we take time to go and help. We have uh, a number of guys, uh, Ryan Houchin and Proof Project, that are out. You know, they're working on people's homes. People who don't have the resources to do uh, some things to their house, they go out to those locations and serve them right there. It's just part of our DNA. It's, it's part of who we are. And many of you could tell stories Many of you have done, you've been downtown to a place like Haven for Hope where we prepared food for people who don't have homes, for families that are in transition. And you've shared God's love with those people right there. And you know what? We'll have many, many more opportunities in this city, this week, this month, next year, to be a part of what God's doing here in San Antonio. So here's what I want you to think about this morning. Um, even though our, um, our, you know, kind of our schedule has changed, we used to take the first weekend simply to go out and serve. And now we're going to be meeting to celebrate. We'll have a worship service on the first uh, weekend of each month, just like every other week. But it's still a reminder this first weekend for us to serve and to look for ways, either in your small cluster of friends or your rock group, or just individually, to look around and say, you know what? There's somebody 
we could help. Here's an organization that we could come alongside of. And so I want you to think of just for a moment, maybe in, this, uh, in, in the next few minutes to ask God, God, who is around me in my life that I could help? What organization could we serve and come alongside? And usually it's the things that keep you up at night, the, the kind of uh, needs in our community that get under your skin that God is starting to, to say, why not you? Why don't you take a step of faith? Why don't you see what can be done? Why don't you gather some people around to help out? Because that's what we're about as a community. And we would love to hear some of your new ideas. We would love to hear some of your new stories of ways that you feel God is calling you to serve and to be a part of what he's doing. All right. The simple life. The simple life as a servant. It's, uh, it doesn't have to be like a downer. This is something that we want to celebrate. It should be something that we look forward to. It's opportunities to help other people. So um, I want to tell you a story uh, this is one that Jesus told, another parable. And it's really interesting because he breaks it down to how, how uh, easy or simple this can be. And so there's a, one of the teachers of the law is coming up to Jesus and he's, you know, they're always challenging Jesus on, you know, what are you really about, Jesus? What's the stuff that you're teaching about God? And so he asks Jesus, he says, how can I get eternal life? And Jesus says, well, do you know the law. Are you familiar with the law? And Jesus knew that he was because he was a religious teacher. And he says, what does the law say? And the religious leader sums up the law by saying, you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your strength, and, to your love, and to, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly, go and do it, and you'll have eternal life. And the teacher says, or asks this question, he says, Jesus, who's my neighbor? Who really is my neighbor? And Jesus answers him with a story. And he tells the story about this man who's beaten and left for dead, essentially on the road to Jericho. And so they got these people that are traveling along. Here's this beaten man. And a Pharisee, a religious leader, is coming, walking. And he sees, it says in the text, that he sees this beaten man and he switches to the other side and keeps on going. And then uh, there's uh, another uh, Levite, another religious leader who's coming along and he sees the beaten man and he switches gears and moves out of the way and passes by. And then Jesus says, a Samaritan comes walking along and he sees the man and he's filled with compassion and he stops to help him. Now, what's, uh, here's, the, here's what the text says. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. So there's two things. They all noticed, right? That's the first thing that you and I, as we put ourselves into this story, are accountable for, is noticing. They all noticed, but only one did something about it. Second, we need to stop and care for the person 
this Samaritan person. Now, this is what brings a little more drama to the story and kind of punches the religious leader right in the the gut, is the Jews hated the Samaritans. They were dogs. They were spiritual half-breeds. And Jesus says in the story, the righteous people came by and kept walking on by, and yet this Samaritan stopped, loved him, cared for him, and fulfilled what God invites all of us to do in our lives. So the question for us is how do we do that? I just want to encourage you The simple life is about asking each day, God, how can I be a servant today? Jesus, how can I be more like you? And, um, you know, can I have the, the guts, the energy, the willingness to respond to whatever that need is around me, whatever that person or people or organization might need? Um, Well, obviously, if we're going to do that, you and I, mentally and in our schedule, we've got to prepare to say, I'm going to be willing to set some time aside each week, maybe some moments each day where I'm, you know, I've got to have some margin to do this. Because I don't know about in the in the parable that Jesus told about the religious leaders. I'm sure they had stuff to do. They they were on schedule. They had time, you know, timing to keep. They had to be somewhere. And that's our life, right? We've always got to be somewhere. And yet Jesus is saying, create some margins so you can respond. Now, how, how can we do that? How are ways that we kind of prepare our, our lives and our hearts to respond to the need that are around us? Well, <clears throat> I love what this one woman did. She, um, she lived in a neighborhood and she knew some people in her neighborhood, but after a while, she was like, you know what? I, I just don't feel like, I har- hardly know anybody in my neighborhood. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I, I don't even know people well enough to, you know, encourage them or be able to love my neighbor, help them. And so she got this idea. She's like, I want to start having people over to my house for a meal. Once a month, I'm going to plan a big meal and I'm going to invite people. And I need a big space to do this because I want to, you know, her goal was I want to invite, you know, 30, 40 people over for dinner. And so she asked her father to make this big community table for her in her backyard. And so he made this beautiful, huge wood table, like 22 feet long. And she put lights in her trees and just created a really nice environment in her backyard. And she started inviting people over for dinner. Well, it went so well that after a year, she'd had like 500 people over to her house to share a meal. And through that, all these connections started to form. People get it, got to know each other a little bit. People started to understand what was happening in their lives. And she had all kinds of ways to serve and to love her neighbors through that. That could mean for you, um, just setting time to say once a month, we're going to have um, another family. or We're going to have some people over for dinner. We'll barbecue. We'll cook out together. Uh, maybe there's somebody that's on your mind or your heart right now, and you're saying, that, I, I want to invite that person, that family, over. There are all kinds of simple ways for us to get started. I mean, 
Maybe it's just uh, you've, you've got a friend in the neighborhood or you've seen a, a young mom and you're a mom and you've got you know, your plates full with all your stuff with kids and you're thinking, well, if I make a meal, maybe I can double the portion of that meal and I can bring some food to my friend that I know she's having a tough time. Or maybe I can watch her kids for a little while to just give her a break. There are lots of ways to do it. My daughter was, um, this was a couple of weeks ago, she was down the pavilion area around the pool in our neighborhood and the, you know, they were out there, her cousins were in town. And, and so she comes running back to the house and she's like, dad, dad, these kids, they were throwing rocks down there. And I mean, she knew this because the kids weren't there, but there were rocks all over the place and they knocked out some lights and there was shattered glass and all kinds of stuff. And she's like, we're gonna get some brooms and we're gonna get some bags and we're gonna go clean it up. She's like, can I go ask so-and-so and this person over here, can I ask them to help? I said, sure. What a simple way to serve, to have our eyes open to notice and to stop and do something about it. Um, there are lots of ways for us to do this. And here's, here's what I love for us to do. Even as we celebrate all that God is doing in our community today, as we hang out afterward, um, there are lots of stories that we can share. Uh, there may be ideas that you have. But I want this to kind of be the, 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 the idea or the vision behind it. As we look at this parable, Jesus is saying, there's a future picture that I want you to be mindful of. And that is, one day when we meet our God, he wants to celebrate with us. He wants to celebrate the life that we live not because we were perfect or we got everything right. He wants to celebrate how we noticed, how we cared, how we shared his grace with the people around us. And so that should be a vision. It should be a picture for all of us to say, you know, one day, one day, because of Jesus, because of God's grace, God's gonna celebrate when I fully come in to the kingdom when I come home. He's gonna celebrate because I was a faithful man, son, daughter, woman. I was faithful. That's a simple life. 